theme scripture for, that we've tried to put over our Christmas celebration, uh, and it's on a, a board behind me, it's also on the posters outside, it says, the wise men saw the star at the place where Jesus was, and when they saw this, they were filled with great joy. In what I want to do over the next few moments is to talk about the Christmas narrative, in particular the light of the wise men, and in the joy that they experienced, somehow, if I can, pass on the joy to you so that you can take something out of this service into your Christmas and open it, the whole series. In fact, when you open the gift of joy that comes from God, it won't just last for a day. You won't have the Boxing Day blues, um, but you will have a lifetime of joy when you discover exactly what is in the package. So we're going to go on a journey with the Magi. They followed the star, and it was a journey of destiny, it was a journey of discovery, and it was a journey of devotion. And I want to start by just kind of getting you to imagine um, the stars. How many of you have actually had the uh, ability or the privilege of sleeping out under the stars? Just put your hand up. Oh, about, about 30 to 40% of us. Kind of, kind of commend if you've never done that to do it. You know, just kind of, it, it is an absolute privilege to be able to, to lay with your head out under the stars, looking at the night sky. Um, and so we, we struggle a little bit in the cities because of uh, what's called light pollution. You know, and our civilization has this unique way of kind of getting in the way of something uh, really majestic. I've got a friend um, who's played the drums here. He's a photographer. And one of his specialisms in photography um, is taking taking pictures of the night sky. I can't tell you how he does it, but his pictures are really spectacular. And there's just a few that's just going to pop up behind me. But we all know that moment when we, we get that, we stand in the countryside at night and we look up the stars and the vastness of the stars. There's something that happens inside of us. There's something that tells us of our size in the context of the universe. There's something that we look at the stars. We see eternity in the stars. And the reason for that is distance and age. It's estimated, depending on how much you age our universe, that our stars, the oldest star, the Methuselah star, is estimated to be just short of 15 billion light years old. You know, that, that's quite old, isn't it? So stood in front of something of that age, you know, we often feel our size and, and it puts us into our place. And this part of us that is drawn to that moment of looking at the stars in wonder. They're obviously a celestial body. They generate light, uh, give off radiant energy, and they're visible at night from Earth. You know, they're relatively stationary, and there's twinkling points of light. You know, and we focus on those, and we often find ourselves in those moments looking at them, thinking about it. The Christmas story, by the way, the star is key. The Bethlehem star, as we now know it, all the carols that we sing about, they, they reference it so often, a little town of Bethlehem. How still we see the light above thy deep and dreamless sleep. The silent stars go by, yet in the dark streets shining, the everlasting light, the hopes and fears of all the years are met in thee tonight. I, I want to pick a few verses in the Bible that talk about stars because as much as and big and grand and wide as stars, make us feel, I want to kind of put before you that God is bigger than the stars. God is bigger than the universe. And you'll find in the book of Job, it says this, that he is the maker of the bear and the Orion and the Pleiades and the constellations of the south. The God that set this whole story into being is the creator of the heavens and the earth. Job chapter 38 verse 31 says, can you bind the beautiful Pleiades? 
Can you loose the cords of Orion? Can you bring forth the constellations in their seasons? The Pleiades are known as the seven sisters. They're very so tiny. They're a small constellation of stars that, depending on how you look at it, it looks like a small pickaxe, you know, and, and, and you can see them in our sky. Our God created, he put them there. The prophet Isaiah states that God arranged the stars. Lift your eyes. Look to the heavens. Who created all of these? He who brings out the starry host one by one. He calls them each by name because of his great power and mighty strength. Not one of them is missing. And yet I found a scripture in my study that was written by David, who was both a poet and a warrior and a messianic figure of Christ in setting up as a king of the world, really important in the Bible, but had a way with words. God had given him the ability to have a revelation of him and the universe, and he wrote it in the form of songs, and, and he wrote the book of Psalms, or most of the book of Psalms, and this is his words that he chose to declare to us. The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day, they pour forth speech. Night after night, they display their knowledge. There is no speech or language where their voice is not heard. The voice goes out into all of the words, the words to the ends of the world. I want you to pick out the verbs of that. The ones that declare, proclaim words. Do you know what this, what David was saying? Did you know that stars can speak? Stars speak. They tell us something. They are talking to us. That's why when you stand under the stars and you lift your head on a starry night, something is speaking to you about the size of this universe. Something is speaking into your life. There was a purpose that God ordained the stars. I find it quite incredible, by the way, that, that if God created the stars and their alignment and their circle and their passage that we see time and time again, and we can predict the time for a star clock, you know, and things like that. If God set them on, he arranged these stars to happen on one particular night over Bethlehem that would draw people's attention. The eyes of the world are on the story of the stars. What did they say to the wise men? What were the stars saying? Because we know this, that the wise men were looking. Where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We have seen his star when it rose, and we have come to worship him. Herod said, go search carefully for the child as soon as you find him. And on seeing the star, they set off on their journey. They were looking at the stars. Who were the magi? It's a priestly term, by the way. It's a Persian priestly cast of wise men. They specialized in astrology and medicine, natural science. Ancient historian Herodotus, he says that they interpreted dreams and, and prophecies and they were positioned. We, we know historically that there was a remnant of a Jewish tribe in Babylon. In the Bible, it tells the story of a young man called Daniel. Daniel was a Jew. That nation of Israel was invaded by the Babylonians. They took the best of the best and Daniel was one of them and they took him as a slave and they imported him into a new culture. He was wise. He learned the new language. He was favored by God. And he was positioned into Babylon to the second in the kingdom of that time because of his knowledge and his wisdom of God. He held his faith. Even in a foreign land of a different culture, of a different standard, he held his belief in God. And he, he would cry out in prayers. We know he's a man of prayer for his homeland. If you've ever gone the journey where you've been taken from your home, 
or taken from your land and been repositioned for whatever reason in another plan. You'll understand the plight of Daniel, who had a heart for his homeland. His God, the place where he felt God should be worshipped in the temple, was lie desecrated. And he would pray to God day and night that God would restore the city of Jerusalem where his heart and his faith lie. A man, an integral, devout man of prayer. It's key, by the way, because in those prayers, an angel was sent. The angel Gabriel was sent to speak to Daniel. And in that revelation that he had before God, there was a timeline that was given to Daniel that said in this timeline, in 400 and something years, the Messiah will be cut off from his people. It's a strange prophecy in the sense because what was predicted 400 years previously, one, that there was the confirmation that the Messiah would come. And secondly, that the Messiah would die. So Daniel, a man of God, it's believed, set up a tradition of priests within Babylon to wait for that day. It's said that he provided finance. And this is where the Magi come from. But I want you to think about the reality of that moment because their journey of destiny is a Magi. Because Graham talked last week in our family service. Can you imagine if you ordered something on Amazon and you were told of the delivery date for 400 years later? Just imagine how frustrating that is. You'd have to pass that email from generation to generation. This is effectively what has happened in this story. Father to son, generation to generation, there will be a Messiah come. The sign will come in the form of a star. It was predicted in the prophecy. And they would study the star charts. How do you know something appears when it's not there? By looking at already what is there. Each generation, these are the stars. Night after night they would stare. Is there a sign that's appearing? Numbers 24 verse 17 is a prophecy of this Messiah. It says, I see him, not now, I behold him, but not near. A star shall come out of Jacob and a scepter shall rise out of Israel. Great kings will pay homage and tribute to the Messiah. Because they're Jewish scholars, they know the scriptures, they know the prophecies, they're looking. But if I said for you to go away and look for Jesus this Christmas and then he didn't come for 400 years, you'd get pretty tired. We, we live in an instant generation where we need a revelation here and now. This is your destiny of the Magi. Generation to generation, they carried the message they passed on that this Messiah would come. They told their children about it. Their children told their children. And so this lifetime of waiting as they watched, years of silence, discipline, tradition, diligence, waiting for the fulfillment of the Word of God. Let me tell you about something about the Word of God. It is more true, more definite than anything in your life. Your current temporary world will say that it isn't. They hold this for 400 years. Can you imagine if you were in that line, that generation of that family, when you suddenly look into the night sky and you see the Bethlehem star? Imagine if that was you. And you get the star charts out. And you look and you check, checking it once, checking it twice. You would. I don't know how many times you would check it before you run to tell your dad. This is it. 
this moment of anticipation. Let me tell you, in God, when you hear the word of God into your life and you start to look for God's plans and purposes and God's destiny in your life, there's something that happens in your spirit and your soul. It speaks to the purpose and the destiny of the Magi. This was a journey of destiny for them, not just for them individually. It was a journey for their whole family. Let me tell you about destiny if I can. Destiny is not found in yourself. It's found in something greater. In our life, we're all seeking purpose. What's the purpose of Christmas? What's the purpose of my life? And we're trying to get out. And we look in and in and in. And we get trapped in ourselves. And we try and look in so many different places. But let me tell you, when you stop and look at the sky and you see God who created the starry skies, you realize destiny is found in something far bigger than you. I want to draw you into looking at your destiny. You are fearfully, you are wonderfully made by God. You are incredibly complex in your biological design, in your cell. It's incredibly detailed. It's organic engineering in its fighting form and God has created you. And I believe in every person's DNA, God has deposited himself in you. And when you connect your destiny on this earth, underneath the planets, underneath the size of that, and you realize there is a God who created everything, and then those two, when heaven meets earth, when eternal meets you, and you have this connection, your destiny just comes alive. It's part of the story. As you know the end, the unfolding of that, as the wise men saw their destiny, and they looked to that guiding star, they said, right, we're going to do something about it. It wasn't just a journey of destiny. It was a journey of discovery. They didn't go, oh, the stars appeared. You know, they didn't get their phones out. They didn't take a picture of a selfie of them with a star behind them, put it on Instagram. They didn't just write it in and go, Dad, I'd be proud, shut the book, right, let's have a party. They didn't do that. What did they do? They left where they were to see the fulfillment of the word of God. How many of you are waiting for the fulfillment of the destiny and the purpose of God in your life? How many of you hear God speak to you and then you take an Instagram selfie, you put it up, you write it down, you shut the book, you do nothing on it, right? That is not faith. Faith is about moving. I'm a a believer that Daniel, if he set this whole line to look for this star to appear, to see the fulfillment of the prophecy of the Messiah who would come, the king, I'm one that they actually had a go bag. Anybody know what a go bag is? Go back is in the case of emergency, you can move at any single moment. You'll know this. Ladies, if you've had children, you've had a go back. You've packed more things than you need in that bag just to last you for the next 48 hours. You don't know what's going to happen. You've put skis in there. You've put tennis rackets in there. That's a, that's a go bag. Men know go bags because in your boot of your car, just in case at Christmas it snows, you know, you've put chocolate in there. You've got your spade in there. You've got your welly bobs in there. You know, that's a go bag. I, I wonder if the wise men had a go bag. 400 years go back, just in case that star appears, let's get ready, let's, let's get the camels ready to go. We're going to go on a journey, three-month journey it was, they packed it, they were ready. They moved, let me tell you, faith moved. The destiny that God invites you is going to require you to move towards him. Whatever God has got for you in the next season of your life, your destiny, he's going to ask you to move in faith according to the prophetic word that's spoken. A star will rise. Stars talked about kingship. They were looking for a king. Where is this king of the Jews? We have come to worship him. And they moved. The thing about stars, I notice, is that they're bright. 
but you see a star because it's, it's shadowed against the darkness of the night sky. I want to talk just for a moment, if I can, about the darkness of our night sky. None of us here have a perfect life. The reality is, from time to time, there are dark circumstances that surround us. I want to talk about the star because in this next 12 months of your life, it doesn't matter how dark things get around you, there is a night star that's going to shine, that's going to bring its light. There's a song by Casting Crowns that says, Sometime, Somewhere in your silent night, all is calm and all is bright, everywhere but in your heart tonight. They're singing carols of joy and peace, but you feel too far gone and too far out of reach. Somewhere in your silent night, heaven hears the song your broken heart has cried. Hope is here. Just lift your head, for love has come to find you. Somewhere in your silent night. From heaven's height to manger low, there's no distance the Prince of Peace won't go. From manger low to Calvary's hill, when your pain runs deep, his love runs deeper still. He's always loved you, child, and he always will. Lift your head, lift your heart. Emmanuel will meet you where you are. He knows your hurt, he knows your name, and you're the very reason he came. I find that Christmas amplifies our emotions. If you're a happy person, you get happier. If you're excited, your children get excitable. Isn't that right? We, we do things to excess. If you're lonely, you feel lonelier. If you've known a bereavement at Christmas, that bereavement grows stronger. It is part of the journey of grief. If you're struggling for finances, your need and burden on your finances gets bigger. There's no truth that Christmas around us, you know, you, you will just drive into church on Christmas morning and you will see people alone, you know, and, and what happens, they start to shut down Christmas celebration because that way we can protect our hearts. We can protect our hearts somewhere in our darkest night. That's Christmas for a lot of people. It's important that we understand why did we give so many gifts away this Christmas? Because we're not giving chocolate bars, we're not just giving packs of biscuits away, we're not just giving hats and gloves and scarves, we're giving hope. I don't know if you realize it's not the value of the gift that brings hope. It's the fact that somebody thought about that gift that brings hope. We have a God who thought about our state in that we are lost without God. He thought. He didn't just leave us there. He moves down beyond the heavens, stepped out of heaven onto this earth. The star was about the communication of the arrival of this baby. It wasn't an ordinary star, by the way. It's believed to be a conjunction. This is when stars... Gathered together. That conjunction is Jupiter, Venus, and Regulus. I, I love this because we know this because we, we've got a space clock by which we can predict where the stars were even thousands of years ago. Mathematicians have plotted that we can go back right to the birth of Christ. This is where we find this conjunction in the star clock. Let me tell you, Jupiter is the king of the planets. It's the biggest planet. It's the king of the planets. Venus is the brightest star. Regulus is the king star. Do you think it's an accident that those three things came into conjunction at that point? That's why it stood out in the dark sky. And this is the point I want you to make by this right way. The star clock is predictable. Where we are, we can predict it back thousands and thousands of years. God set that clock into alignment. 
God brought those stars into alignment way before it wasn't an afterthought. Oh, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll bring some stars in. That'll be great. A lot of us think that way. God is more intentional in your life than you can ever imagine. Every detail. He's writing your days in a book, you know, and God planned the whole universe around this moment, these stars to come into alignment. If you are a sailor, you will understand the concept of leading lights. If you are coming out of sea into port, you will align yourself up to two leading lights. They, 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 they're two lights. And when you're coming in on the right track, those two lights will line up together. If they're out of it, you know you're heading in the wrong direction. If they line up, you know you're going in the right line. God brings the planets, the universe, into alignment to tell, to announce the birth of Jesus. You're in the right thing. I believe if you're following the destiny and the purpose of God, you want to discover God, you need to align two things in your life. Number one, it's the Word of God. And number two, it's the Spirit of God. The Word of God, as He speaks into your life. If you don't read the Bible, get into it this Christmas. Start to say that the entrance of your Word brings light. In reading God's revelation, somehow from the Bible, we read it, it becomes alive in us, and it's, we need the Spirit of God, which bring, it almost switches the lights on, which the Spirit of God helps you understand what you need to do about that word. Let me tell you, the Spirit of God never says, take a selfie on it. Sit down and do nothing. He's given you a word. It's a powerful word. It's a word that's going to carry you through your next season of your life. It's going to, a word that's going to carry you in the darkest places, and it's going to guide you. To Jesus, not just a journey of destiny in following the star. It's not just a journey of discovery and realizing that there's God who has a plan for your life, but it's a journey of devotion. The star they'd seen in the east guided them to Bethlehem. It went ahead of them and it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were filled with joy. If you head outside on a February morning, your eyes will be drawn to a blazing light hanging in the southeast sky. At first, you might think it's a plane coming in for landing, but it's not a flying object flying low in the atmosphere. It's the brightest planet in our solar system. It's the moment when dawn starts to break. The darkness fades. It's called the morning star, which is actually the planet Venus. It derives its name from the fact that it appears before sunrise. Its appearance, therefore, heralds the coming of a new day while it's still dark. When Venus rises, it means that the sun will follow very soon. In the morning, usually within an hour or two, sometimes just a matter of minutes. The morning star is one of the brightest stars that outshines the others. At the end of the day, when the darkness returns and the light fades, it's the first star you see shining in the night sky. Why have I told you that? Because there's a verse in the Bible in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 19, it says, When the day dawns and the Christ, the morning star, shines in your heart. I don't really know this, but the wise men said to Herod, We have seen his star and we have come to worship him. It's not anybody's star, it was the star of Jesus. The purpose of that star was to point the way to the wise men. The purpose of me this morning is to point the way to Jesus, the bright and morning star. I want to tell you this. When you invite Jesus into any part of your life, it's the start of a new day. 
you find yourself distant from God. You find yourself that your things that you've done wrong or thought, and God's way away from you. You bring Jesus in. A new day dawns. The light shines. The whole story of the universe points to the birth of Jesus Christ. He is the centerpiece of the whole of creation. The centerpiece of your life. And this message about following the star is realizing it's just a draw, it's just an attraction to bring your life in alignment with God's plan. 